Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Your heart feels empty. Maybe your relationship feels empty. That marriage feels empty. And, 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 and you come to a service like this where we're celebrating the resurrected king. We're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating an empty tomb. And you see everybody around you in their, their, their Easter outfits and they're smiling and they're raising their hands and they're praising God and they seem like everything is amazing and nothing in their life is empty. And you're sitting here and you, you know that there's emptiness in your life. You know that there's emptiness in your life. And you feel that emptiness in your life. The honest truth is all of us have areas of our lives that feel empty or are empty. And just because maybe our bank account is not empty, that doesn't mean that our home is not empty. Many times when one thing is well, another thing is not. When one thing seems full, another thing is empty. And in different seasons, maybe there's different things that are empty and different things that are full. And we live and we walk in this journey that we call life, and there's emptiness, which often brings disappointment and brings pain. There's emptiness that we feel, and we look around and we say, is anybody else feeling empty? And Satan tries to tell us these lies in our culture and sometimes even church when we know how to say amen and praise the Lord and hallelujah at the right times, tell us that we're the only ones that are empty. But the truth is, you're not the only one that feels empty. The truth is, there's somebody on your row. There's somebody in your home probably. There's definitely people on your job that feel empty. There are so many people walking around, living their lives, living their journeys, feeling empty and feeling disappointed. And part of what we're celebrating today is the fact that the thing that is empty will be the very thing that fulfills us. The fact that the tomb is empty will be the very thing that gives us fullness, that gives us joy, that fills our lives even when there's areas that feel empty. See, last week we talked about, we talked briefly about Palm Sunday when Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding in on a donkey and there's people giving him praise and they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is the king. And they're, 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 they're shouting, they're celebrating, they're giving him all of these praises and these promises, but they were empty praises and empty promises. And we know, because we've done it, that people will give you empty praises. They will give you empty promises. Sometimes they don't even mean to. Sometimes they're just not able to fulfill the promises and the praises that they give you. Friday, we talked about how there was a good Friday where Jesus died on the cross. He died for our sins. He willingly went to the cross and laid down his life and allowed his blood to be shed to pay the price for our sins, a price that we're not able to pay. 
And he did that and he emptied himself. And in that, he emptied the punishment that we face in this world. And when Satan tries to bring punishment on you, now death has no more sting. Death is defeated. Sin is defeated. And that punishment is empty. It's hollow. It may scream and shout at you, but it has no teeth. It has no power. And today, we're going to continue this journey to the rolled away stone that we're going to read about here in a moment. This journey to this rolled away stone that behind this stone was an empty tomb. And while we may feel empty, because the tomb is empty, we can be fulfilled. Go go with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 at this point. Jesus has been captured, he's been beaten, he's been flogged, he's had a crown of thorns put on his head, and, and, and he's carried his cross, he's been spit on, he's, he's, he's taken the lashes, and he's went up on the cross, allowing the nails to go in his hands and his feet, and he chose to die that gruesome death And the Bible tells us that he had a motivation for that, and that motivation was you. That motivation was me. It says it this way in the King James. There was a a joy that was set before him, and we are that joy that was set before him that kept him going. And he laid down his life, and they, they took him off the cross. And they put him into a tomb. Now, they didn't bury him in the ground like, like we often do today. They put him into essentially what would have been like a cave. And they rolled this massive, huge, extremely heavy stone over to seal that tomb so that no one could get in and no one could get out. And he had been in that tomb since what we call Good Friday. And in verse 1 of Mark chapter 16, it says, when the Sabbath, now the Sabbath was what we would call Saturday. It's a day of rest. And the scriptures repeatedly talk about the Sabbath all the way back to generation, uh, 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 Genesis, not generations. Generations where I get my haircut. Um, Genesis. <laughs> Shout out to generations. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, it's the only second time I've done this today. So Sabbath was a day of rest. It was a day of rest, and, and, and God repeatedly talks about rest, but now in our culture, in our day, we don't value rest, right? Like we got to be on our grind. We got to be working seven days a week. I had one of my really good friends, a pastor friend of mine, text me the other day, and he was like, next week I'll have my first day off in like three months. And I'm like, dude, I don't feel sorry for you because that's your fault. Because the Bible tells, like, this is how I talk to him, sorry. Um, I probably wouldn't talk to you this way, but this is how I talk to him. Like, man, dude, you have to rest. You have to rest. God, God gives us the Sabbath for us to rest. It's part of his plan. It's why you got to go to bed every night. <laughs> the Sabbath was passed. Meaning it was over. And Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. So they brought these spices. They're going to go and anoint Jesus. But here's what's interesting about this. We read in other gospels that this guy named Nicodemus had already done this. He had bought a whole bunch of these and brought them to anoint Jesus. But yet they're still going to go and do what they know they're supposed to do. See, they're not going to allow what Nicodemus did to stop them from doing what they should do. Jesus had already been, already received the spices to anoint himself, but not to anoint himself. He was dead, but, but to be anointed. But they were going to do it anyway. 
And man, so many times, especially as followers of Jesus on our journey, what we do is we look at something and we allow other people to determine what we do with Jesus. What they do determines what we do. What they don't do determines what we don't do. And because they did it or because they didn't do it will determine whether we do it or don't do it. But never, ever, ever let another person, including a person with a microphone and a pulpit, determine what you do with Jesus. Never let another person tell you what you should and shouldn't do based on what they have or haven't done. Your relationship with Jesus is your relationship with Jesus. And what he tells you to do, it doesn't matter if everybody's done it or nobody's done it. Never allow another person to affect what you do and what Jesus tells you to do. And then in this, in verse 2, it says, And very early on the first day of the week, very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So this is very early on the first day. This reminds me that God cares about order. He cares about order. God cares about what's first. See, see it's, not, it's not good enough to give God something. We have to give God first. So, so, so. And I don't have time. This is all throughout Scripture as well. But God wants us to seek him first. He wants us to give to him first. He wants us to acknowledge him first. And when we get that order mixed up, then our journeys get mixed up. We don't know which way to go. We get confused. We get off track. We take the wrong journey, the wrong path. But if we will do things the way that God tells us to do, in the order that he tells us to do them, then we'll stay on path. And this is what they're doing very early on the first day because God cares about order. They are going to the tomb. They are going to anoint Jesus. They have a mission. They have a plan. They have these spices, and they are going to Jesus. But they're going to run into some issues on their journey. Let's go to verse 3. It says, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Now, we talked about this. There was this massive stone that was rolled over in front of the tomb. So here you have these ladies on their journey to see Jesus, and on their journey, they realize there's this massive, t- there's this massive stone that needs to be rolled away. Now, I don't know what kind of ladies these were, because all the ladies I know They would have already thought of this. They would have already planned it. They would have brought some guys. They might have kept them at a distance to roll this stuff. Like they they wouldn't be on the way on their journey and then realize, oh, wait, we got a problem. I don't know if the ladies in your life are like that, but all the ladies that I know, this would have been planned months in advance. Like, Jesus, you might die. Okay, then there might be a stone, and we're going to need a plan for the stone. I just, I don't know what kind of, I can't, it's hard for me to relate to these ladies because I don't know any ladies like this. But they're on their journey and all of a sudden they have questions. And here's what I can promise you, on your journey you're going to have questions. There's going to be questions. And, and, and can I tell you this? God is not so small that he can't handle your questions. God is a God who can take your questions and actually even welcomes your questions. Sometimes in church, we, we get in this mindset where, where we should never ask any questions, and we should never ask God any questions, and, and, and it's wrong to ask questions. But I can guarantee you on your journey, there's going to be questions. You're going to have questions. And either you could try to figure it out and plan it out like most of the women in, in my life would do, or, 
Or you can keep going on that journey and ask God at the right times. Because they have questions and, and, and they don't know the answer. Now, what they're trying to do, they are not able to do. These women are not able to move this stone out of the way to get to Jesus. Because remember, they're not going to the stone. They're going to Jesus. And Jesus is behind the stone. So this stone has to be rolled away some kind of way. And they are not able to do it. And you know what they do? They keep going. They're on their journey. They just keep going. They keep putting one foot in front of the other. They keep walking closer and closer to the stone, closer and closer to Jesus. They don't stop. They realize, oh, I got a problem. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep walking this journey God's given me. The other thing that they, that they, that they would have encountered is this, this tomb was guarded by Roman soldiers. Like, so even if they could have rolled the, the stone away, they wouldn't have been able to because these Roman soldiers were there and they were guarding this tomb with their lives. They're not going to let some ladies come in and just, just get Jesus out or see Jesus. Like, no, no, they are guarding this with their lives. They have these problems along their journey. They have these obstacles along their journey. Essentially, this is an impossible journey. <laughs> they are not going to be able to do this. And there will be times, especially if you're following Jesus, where you will look at your journey and you will say, that's impossible. I can't do that. That's too heavy. That stone is too big. And even if I could, there's people that will keep me from doing that. There's people that will keep me from getting there. And you will look at it and you will have no way of knowing how you're going to get there. How are you going to make it to Jesus? And you got a choice. You can do like these ladies, and you can keep going. You cannot grow weary in well-doing. You can keep walking by faith and not by sight. You can keep putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward and doing what God wants you to do. Or you can do like so many other people would do, and you would look at that and say, I can't figure out how that's going to work. I can't plan that out. I'm going to wait until I have it figured out before I go on my journey. Before I take another step, let me figure this out. I mean, it's just foolish. It's foolish for me to keep going when I know once I get there, I can't get past these guards and I can't move that stone. What am I going to do? This is ridiculous. I promise you, you're going to face situations like that along your journey. And they are going to look ridiculous. They are going to look like it is absolutely, positively impossible. No way. And you got a choice. I pray that you choose to be like these women and keep moving forward and keep going along the journey that God has given you. And, and, and then at verse 4, it says, and looking up, looking up. Oh, it's so important to keep looking up. It's so important to keep your head up because this journey is going to be difficult. You've already been along a, a, a portion of your journey, and you've recognized that this life, this journey, it's difficult. And it's going to be easy to put your head down. It's going to be easy to say, that didn't happen the way I thought. I messed that up. This doesn't feel good. I thought this would be better. And put your head down and hang your head. But listen, God never wants you to hang your head. God always wants you to keep your head up high because you're his son. You're his daughter. He's got a plan. He's got a journey for you. And he wants you to keep your head up. 
up, not just for your own self-esteem, but to keep your head up so you can look up, so you can always be looking at him. Because as long as you're looking at him, then everything else will be okay. It may not work out like you thought. It may not feel good. It may not be as quick or as fast or as deep or as strong, but it will work out because the Bible says that he works all things together for our good, for those that know him and follow him and love him, and he's in them and you are in him. So look up, and they saw that the stone, the stone, the very thing that was making it impossible for them to fulfill their mission and their journey, the very thing that was the obstacle that there was no way that they would be able to do what they were trying to do, the stone, the stone represented the law. The stone represented the law. Now, 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 yesterday, we were about to put the kids to bed and was flipping through the channels and, and on our TV, um, it, it shows like what, what show it is and then it'll show how much is left in that show. So most of the time it'll say like 29 minutes or 45 minutes left in the show, right? So I'm flipping through and, and my boys are sitting there with me and, 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 it, and it says the Ten Commandments and it says like three hours and 49 minutes left. <laughs> and my boys see that and they're like what 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 show is three hours and 49 minutes? like that's what's left how long was it and I was like well let's watch it and turn it on and you know it's like it's old I mean they, they put it in color and they make it look good and, and they're looking at it and I mean they, their faces they're just like what is this why are they talking? Why are they talking like that? Why are they dressed like that? Why is this so long? We watched it for all of like 30 seconds. I was like, y'all want to watch the playoffs? Yes, 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 please let us watch the playoffs. We don't want to watch this. This is Ten Commandments, right? Like four hours of movie about the Ten Commandments. Well, the law was much more than Ten Commandments. The law was hundreds of commandments. And the law revealed to you your sin. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, man, I know my sin. <laughs> I don't need a whole lot of like, hey, you didn't do that right. Hey, you didn't say that right. Hey, you should have done this. You should have like, let's be honest. We know our sins. And man, this stone, it represents the law. And the, the law covered the tomb. The law imprisoned, if you will. It kept people from getting to Jesus and kept Jesus from getting to people. And it, and it enclosed it. But now the stone, the law has rolled away. And so when the stone or the law is rolled away, now the tomb is open. And we'll, we'll see in a minute, the tomb is empty. And what that means is now we don't have to live by that stone of the law, by the rules and the regulations and all of the expectations that you put on your and other people put on you, but you can live out of that empty tomb with a relationship with a living God who loves you and cares for you and forgives you and, and has saved you. Man, this is good news. This is good news. This stone here, this stone, uh, they looked up, they saw the stone that had been rolled away. And if you didn't already know, it was very large. It was very large. And so here, think about this. Think about this. Put yourself in these ladies' position. They are going. They're on this journey to Jesus, but the stone is in the way. And they get there. And the, what was impossible, what was their biggest obstacle, what they had no idea how they were going to get to Jesus, because of this one thing, they get there, they look up, and they didn't have to figure it out. They didn't have to plan it out. They didn't have to get some big, strong men like myself to help them. 
They didn't have to, they didn't have to pay their way in. They didn't have to do their way in. They didn't have to say a whole bunch of stuff. They just got there. They were just on their journey, and they got there, and they looked up, and God removed the biggest obstacle to their journey. Oh, man, I don't think you hear what I'm saying because I'm not really talking about those ladies. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about this journey that God has us on. If you will follow Jesus, if you will keep going towards Jesus and walking with Jesus, then those biggest things, those impossible things, those stones that have been rolled into your way and those guards that were there guarding, because the guards, you know what they did in other gospels, they tell us, they played dead. This, this, this scared them so bad, they just played dead. Like, this is, this is a great strategy, by the way. If you ever watch, like, I don't watch horror movies, but if you ever watch a movie where, like, somebody's trying to get you, and, like, they get you, and, like, they, they stay with you until they kill you, like, just play dead. Because as soon as they think you're dead, they stop, right? Like, I've told my wife this. If, there's, if you're ever in a situation and you don't have, um, if, you can't, if, you can't, if you can't kick them right where, they, right, where, right where it'll hurt, and, like, they get you, then, and, and then just play, like, oh. <laughs> right? right? Like, like, this is a great strategy. These big, strong Roman soldiers, like, they played dead. They played dead. And so these ladies, sorry, this is probably... I just see them as these little old ladies. I'm sure they weren't old or they might not even been little. They may have been bigger than me. Like, I'm not a big guy. But I just see these, these little old ladies. And I, just, just bear with me. This is not Bible. It's just this. I just see them getting there. They're like, oh, I don't know how we're going to move this stone. I don't know what we're going to do about these soldiers. I don't know if they plan to sweet talk them or what. But, like, they get there. And, oh, they look up. And, oh, wow. Oh, God, you just did it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> like, this is how I see it. I don't know. I don't think that's really biblically accurate. They were probably younger, and they, you know, I don't know. I don't. But, but, but it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing because you get to this place where it's like this is the most impossible thing, and you get there and you look up, and God just did it. He just did it. He just did it. And if you look back over your journey, I guarantee you, there's times you may not even recognize it, you may not even know it, but you look up and God just did it. He just did it. That was impossible. I can't tell you how that happened. I can't tell you how you went two years with one income without any less expenses. And and you just look up and God did it. I have no idea how the doctors said this and they they told me to do all this. I didn't do any of that. And I look up and it just, you know, one time the doctors told me that I had high high, uh, cholesterol. High cholesterol. And they told me I had to go on this diet. This is a long time ago. They told me I had to go on this diet and I had to do all this stuff because I got high cholesterol. And this would be really bad if you don't do it. And, man, I just looked up one time and God did it. Now, I don't really know. It's not. You, fellas, you know what you do when a doctor tells you that, right? He says, come back, and if, if you don't lose a lot of weight and you don't fix it, then we're going to put you on medication. So that's easy. That's easy. You just don't go back. Right? Right? Like, 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 I I haven't been back. I haven't been back 
sense. That's, that's not good advice. That's just kind of what we do, right? But, but I look up, and I don't think I have it anymore. I don't, I don't know for sure, but, but I don't think I have it anymore. I, 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 God did it. I don't know. It's just that stone is rolled away. I'm pretty sure, I think. Um, y'all might need to pray for me because I, I don't know. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's gone. And that, that biggest obstacle, what's impossible for you, is not impossible for God. It's not at all impossible for God. And so many times what we do, now we get to this place and the soldiers are acting dead and the stone is rolled away and God has looked up, we looked up and God has done this miracle. And so many times what we do then is we stay right there and we look at the stone like, oh, wow, wow, look what you did, God. Look what you did. This is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go to church every Sunday for the rest of my life because you rolled away this stone. But their journey was not to the stone. What they, they did not say, hey, ladies, let's go check out this big stone. Hey, let's go see where they laid Jesus. They didn't say any of that. You know what they said? Let's go to Jesus. And many times what we do is God will do a miraculous thing in our life. He'll do a miracle, and we will spend an inordinate amount of time, sometimes the rest of our lives, standing in front of the tomb, looking at the rolled away stone, marveling at what God did a year ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 100 years ago, however old you are. But that was not their journey. That was not their mission. Their mission was not to get to the stone. Their mission was to get to Jesus. And they had another step to take. And they had to enter the tomb. In verse 5 it says, in entering the tomb, they had to go that next step. See, listen, when God does a miracle in your life, yes, celebrate it. Write it down. Remember it. Do whatever you got to do. But then that miracle is not for you to stay there the rest of your life. It's a part of your journey. God is rolling away stones for you to go into the tomb, not for you to look and marvel at the stone being rolled away. Because God's saying that was easy. I did it for a reason. I did it for a reason. I didn't do it just so you could look and say, oh, look at God. I did it for a reason. And the reason for them was for them to go into this tomb. They entered the tomb. They saw a young man sitting on the right side. Now, if you look at the other gospel accounts, this was actually an angel. And the commentary that I read, it was so good. It said that that the angel looked like a young man because angels never age. So I'm so looking forward to, um, to that day because somewhere along the line of me pastoring, I aged really, really quickly. People started saying things like, yes, sir. And I'm like, oh, you know, they, they started saying, yes, sir, and they stopped saying, oh, I didn't think you were that old. N- nobody ever says that to me anymore. <laughs> Can't remember the last time somebody said that to me. <sighs> Th- thanks. I just, I, just, I just needed a moment. I appreciate that. So the angel right there is sitting, a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Now, listen. This is good that you seek Jesus. Like, we all should be seeking Jesus. Many of us in here are seeking Jesus. But some of you are in here, and you're not really seeking Jesus. Let's be honest. Like, you came because it's Easter, and that's what you're supposed to do. Or you came because your parents or your mom or your grandma or somebody drug you here. Or you came because you spent the night with the wrong friend last night. You didn't realize you didn't realize today was Easter, right? Like, before I got saved, those are the only reasons I went to church. I went to church five times before I got saved. Three of them were for Easter, and twice I spent the night with the wrong friend. This is what, what you do. You go to church. You go to church on Easter. 
But here's what I know. Whether you're currently seeking Jesus or you're not yet seeking Jesus, man, the best thing that you can do along your journey is to make the decision to seek Jesus. It is the best thing that you will ever do. And here, the angel is saying, you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. This is impossible. Jesus died. We know he died. They made sure he died. They put him in in a tomb with a stone that was massive and heavy to just verify and solidify that Jesus was dead. If they were going to make sure anybody during this time was actually dead, it was Jesus because he was a threat to all those that were in power. They saw him as a political threat. They saw him as someone who was trying to take their rule and their reign. So they made sure he was dead. And now all of a sudden, this stone is rolled away. And the angel, I could just see the angel just kind of posted up like, yeah, yeah. Y'all, I don't know what y'all think y'all were going to do. But for me, I just, I just rolled that stone right on over there. Because I'm kind of a big deal. And, and they're like, why are you looking right here? Why are you looking here? He is not Here, Jesus is not among the dead. He is with the living. He's not here. He's risen. And then, this is impossible. This is impossible. And on our journeys, we will face the impossible. I can guarantee you we'll face the impossible. And here's what else I can guarantee you. If you follow Jesus closely, you will face the impossible often. Because God, he specializes in the impossible. Because if not, if it's, if it's really possible, you, we get tempted to kind of take the credit for ourselves. We get tempted to be like, yeah, yeah, I worked that out. Yeah, I, I did that. But when it's po- impossible, we look at something impossible like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. God did that. I'm not strong enough to roll that stone away. (laughs) Those ladies surely weren't strong enough to roll that stone away. This is impossible. Jesus is risen. And then then this is so good. This is so good. At the end of verse 6, it says, see the place where they laid him. The angel's like, come on in. Come on in. Take a look. This is where he was. Do you see him? He's not here. Take a look. The greatest proof for our faith and the differentiator between our faith and all these other religions is this empty tomb, is that Jesus is alive. There is historical proof that Jesus came, died, and rose again. There is biblical proof that Jesus came, died, and rose again. And here's what's amazing. There's proof all in this room that Jesus came, died, and rose again. You are sitting on a row with somebody who is proof that Jesus came, died, and and rose again. And if they could tell you their story, if you would listen to their story, you would have no choice but to at least acknowledge that Jesus did something impossible in their lives. And Jesus may be doing something impossible in their lives right in this very moment. If not, something impossible will be coming in the very near future. But every single time, that there is an opportunity, God welcomes you to come and see that he is alive. And he is inviting you to come and see for yourself that the stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. He's inviting you into that even right now. He's not afraid of your questions. He welcomes your questions. He invites your questions. And then, and then here's what's good. I got to end with this. I got to close with this. In verse 7 and 8, it says, But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment and seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid.
So here they actually get to the place where they're in the tomb. They, 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 they got to where they were trying to go. Now Jesus wasn't there because they thought he was still going to be dead. I don't know, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because Jesus repeatedly said, hey, listen, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to raise, I'm going to be risen three days later. Hey, I'm going to die, I'm going to be risen three days later. And then everybody's shocked when he actually does it. I, I, I don't know, uh, it's, it's, you know, the people like you walked with him for three years, and you, how did you not get that? How, how, so they're, they're shocked, they don't know, like, what, Jesus? Like, they should have been going to the tomb, like, I can't wait. Is he going to be there? Is he going to be somewhere else? Is he going to be waiting for it? Like, no, but they're shot. Okay, but they go into the tomb. They see for themselves, and then the angel says, okay, now, now that you've seen, now go. See, all of our journeys are going to lead to this empty tomb where we can see for ourselves, and we will have to make a decision. Are we going to give our lives to Jesus? Are we going to follow Jesus? Is he who he said he was? Did he really predict his death, burial, and resurrection and pull it off or not? And choosing not to decide is a choice. We are all going to have to choose that, but that is not the end of the journey. I wish it was the end of the journey. If that was the end of the journey, then as soon as we get saved, we just go to heaven. Man, that's so much easier. I don't know who would preach to you, but, but God would work that out. Like, but that's not the end of the journey. Now that they've seen for themselves, they are given instructions to go. The same instructions we're given today for us to go. Go into all of our world, and maybe God will call you to go into all of the world. To go Go, go, take what you know. Take this empty tomb and, and, and go and spread the good news. Go and tell other people. Go and live this life. Go and continue your journey of moving and going forward and taking the step after step. And he says, go and tell the disciples. Now, the disciples should have been posted up at the tomb waiting for Jesus to get up, but they weren't. But he says, go and tell the disciples and tell Peter. Peter was a disciple. Why not just say go and tell the disciples? But go and tell Peter specifically because, remember, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times just not too long ago. Peter was the one who gave Jesus empty promises that he couldn't, that he couldn't fulfill. He didn't fulfill. And the angel says, go and make sure Peter knows that he's got another chance, that Jesus is alive. That that emptiness that Peter's feeling, that hurt, that pain that Peter's feeling, make sure that he knows that Jesus is coming back. He's already back, and he's coming for Peter, and he will forgive, and he will restore Peter. And I'm not talking about Peter right now. I'm talking about you. This empty tomb is another chance for you to receive forgiveness, for you to fit, receive fulfillment, for those empty places in your life to, be, to have that stone rolled away and allow God to fill it and fulfill it and have another chance to be forgiven and restored and redeemed and continue on this journey, the rest of your journey, walking with Jesus and having Jesus walk with you. 
And this morning, I know there's people here who follow Jesus, and I know there's people here who don't. And if you're somebody who has not yet made a decision to truly give your heart to Jesus, and you're ready to, to do that, you're ready to change trajectories of your journey, you're ready to change course, you're ready to say, I'm willing to give Jesus my life, I'm willing to walk the rest of this journey with him, then here's what I know, that the moment that you ask Jesus to come into your heart, that you give him your life, you repent of your sins, that means you turn away from them, and you turn to him, he will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has forgiven you. He will empower you and he will walk the rest of this journey with you and you'll not only have life, you'll have abundant life and after that, you'll have eternal life. Does that mean everything will be easy and everything will be smooth and you won't have any issues? No. You're going to have stones that will be in your way. You'll have obstacles. You'll have soldiers. You'll have impossibilities. You'll have difficulties. But the good news is now you're not fighting by yourself. Now you're not three little old ladies trying to go move this big stone. Now you got angels at work for you. You got the God and the power of all of heaven with you and for you. And if, who, if he's for you, then it doesn't matter who's against you. But you got to make that decision to give him your life. And maybe you've done that, but you've gotten away from him. You may need to make a decision to come back to him. If that's you, God's not mad at you. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love, a love that you can't even comprehend. He just wants you to come back to him. He wants you to make a decision to turn back to him and follow him the rest of your journey. This journey to the rolled away stone is a journey that God will lead us all to, the empty tomb. But it doesn't stop there. That's the starting place for us then to go and to live and to tell the world. So here's what we're going to do before we close. We're all going to bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. <laughs> if you're following Jesus and you're right with him, I'd, I'd ask that you, that you be praying during this time. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.